Hi, I'm Albion Lyons. And I'm Doug Weiss. And welcome to Love Life. Okay, Douglas, so we have some interesting topics that we're going to talk about today. And in the spirit of equality, I think it's totally appropriate for me to open the door for you to speak first in this, okay? (laughs) So our first topic is about the lies that we tell ourselves Mm. and really being able to play with that in the sense that the things that we tell ourselves that we find ourselves pursuing, but are just robbing us of perhaps love, life, happiness, fulfillment, those kinds of things. So if I said to you, what do you think are some of the most common lies that we tell ourselves that are standing in the way of our true happiness? What would you say you've heard over the years? Oh, gosh, that's a long list. But I think (laughs) at the top of my list, um, probably the number one is this notion of a tension point between self-reliance and complete dependence. Um, the way that that statement comes out often is, I don't need, Mm. and now fill in the blank here, I don't need your advice, I don't need your help, I don't need anyone in my life, I don't need this, this being some issue, some challenge, some problem. Um, But if you really boil those things down underneath the surface, what's really going on here is a tension, as I said earlier, between the notion that we ought to be, you know, kind of the American transcendentalist notion of self-reliance. I can take care of myself. And our inner sense that we're all dependent upon each other and, in my view, dependent upon a higher being that um, we're not expected to be and can't be. Um, completely alone and completely independent Um, at a certain point when we reach that degree of separation between human beings that's the breakdown of what we know of as society that's the breakdown of relationship and that's the breakdown of any potential for um, endurable love and um, and so that for me is sort of the paramount lie that we tell ourselves. How about you? Well, before I answer that question, let me ask you a follow-up to what you just said. Where do you think that lie originates? Because most lies are really just the fruit of some seed. Mm-hmm. And something is f- is feeding that fallacy that we're living off of. What do you think? Because I have an opinion. What do you think is at the bottom of that lie of, you know, I don't need anyone, I don't need anything, I don't need, I don't need? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, to me, it's fairly straightforward. I think that's the fruit of hurt. Mm. You know, that's the fruit of some deep wound. Um, somebody who's been let down, somebody who's been disappointed or has never received um, something that they're yearning for, um, affection, approbation, um, respect, um, whatever it may be, mm. or all of those things. And, and so they become hardened and tell themselves, I don't need that. Mm. Um, I'm fine without it. Um, in, in fact, whenever I, I hear people <laughs> say, I'm fine, I'm fine, you know, uh, there's a difference between um, I'm fine because I'm resting in, in God's um, love for me. 
Right. Or I'm fine because I know I have great friends and family and support in this community. Mm-hmm. That's a, an affirming statement. That right. when people assert, I'm fine, what they're really saying is I'm not fine. But I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you see the fact that I'm, I'm hurting inside, I'm wounded. Or I'm afraid to. Right. Yeah, because when you said that, the, f- the first thing that went through my head is the fear of rejection. You know, the, mm-hmm. and the fear of disappointment yet again, that I could believe for something or want for something and never get the realization of that belief, never get the fulfillment of that want. So it's easier for me to say, I don't need, so that I don't allow myself to be able to feel the need and then that need go unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And the pain of that unfulfillment is what's at the root of my rejection of this exchange that leaves me and that big word we always talk about vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want someone else to have the power to hurt me, to make me feel less than in some way. So it's easier to just keep you at arm's length, keep Mm -hmm. my hopes at a distance. It's just easier. At least people think it's easier. Unfortunately, it does the very thing that we spend so much of our time talking about it. It robs us of love mm-hmm. and it robs us of life. Right. When we do that push away, that shove, that stay way over there, because we are created for connection and hurt is part of the process. And we will heal despite the fact that sometimes it feels like it's never going to happen. We do heal. And if we heal well, we end up being better. Mm-hmm. as a result of it. Yeah. I think the memories of pain are are uh, uh, are different than memories of happiness. Um, memories of pain, um, I, I think we can forget pain easily um, at times, but not at a substantive level. We push it down mm-hmm. and away, mm-hmm. but it's always present, whereas right. happiness is something that, you know, tends to linger and we can conjure up um, but it um, it doesn't persist in the same way mm-hmm. I think people le- actually learn a lot more from pain than they do from happiness mm-hmm. what's so interesting is you can experience one little bit of pain and you can literally restructure your entire life to avoid feeling that pain mm-hmm. ever again mm-hmm. but you can have incredible happiness and tomorrow you're looking for a higher high. Right. It's so interesting in the human condition how short-term our memory is around good things that are mm-hmm. done to, for, and with us, and how long-term our memory can be about the things that hurt or bruise us exactly in some kind right. of way. So what lies do, do, do you <laughs> hear often? Well, what's so interesting, and you know, typically I don't reference gender-related things because I think our human experience is so much more common than it being about gender or anything else. Um, but one of the ones that I heard for several years is the, you can have it all. And I'm mm. always tickled by that lovely little fib. Mm. <laughs> because, um, and specifically I'm going to welcome it into my gender box for the sake of this conversation. But the notion of being as I am a wife and a mother and a professional is an incredible juggling act. 
And what I realized very early on and so grateful for the revelation so that I didn't drive myself crazy is that the answer is yes, you can have it all, but asterisk, not at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I remember watching an interview with Barbara Walters several years ago, and she said of those three things that I referenced, mom, wife, career, choose two. Because you can only do two of those things really well at the same time. If you're going to be an incredible mom and an incredible wife, your career is going to have to take a back seat. If you're going to have an incredible career and be a credible mom, your spouse is going to take a back seat. But if we just keep mixing those things up, you're not going to be able to do all three of those things at the top of your game at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I think that unfortunately and generationally, we women in particular have watched so many of these lovely movies and shows where women appear to be able to do all these things, be have the most amazing, beautiful, sensual partner, have these flawless kids that roll out of bed and look like a Ralph Lauren <laughs> magazine <laughs> advertisement. Food is homemade and ready and hot at six o'clock in the evening. And you're making six figures simultaneously in this wonderfully fulfilling career that you are, you know, actively pursuing. And it's just not true. Right. It's but, just not true. But we imagine that perfection. Uh, and, and there is no question that in the movies and television, in media in general, where, you know, we get... Um, uh, a good deal of the packaged um, mm -hmm. experience that, mm -hmm. that points us in the direction of uh, an assumed perfection. Right, right. And I think that's the root issue for me um, uh, on that topic. Is, is perfection either something desirable? Right. Uh, uh, and is it attainable? Uh, my answer to both is no. No. Um, <laughs> Not because there isn't anything, there's nothing wrong with wanting to, to be as, you know, the best person that you can be. Right. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, to do something exceedingly well, to be as good at it as you can be. Mm -hmm. These are all wonderful. Um, Aspirations. Uh, absolutely. But, but to do that in an obsessive way without allowing yourself the realistic um, perspective to understand that you cannot achieve on a consistent basis um, this ideal of um, absolute perfection. Mm -hmm. um, and, and quite frankly, I think if human beings were capable of it, and we're certainly not, um, we'd be bored to tears. <laughs> right. We'd invent problems <laughs> just... <laughs> just to relieve ourselves of that. My, my grandfather was um, uh, a, a man who sought perfection in everything he did. I have a mental image of him when he was quite elderly and could no longer kneel or bend over, um, lying down on his side in his yard, picking pieces of, of uh, weed out of the lawn. And, you know, that was, uh, uh, you know, that was one form of his obsession. The other was that mm -hmm. my grandmother was a superb cook, but he would come home and because he was attracted to the novelty of TV dinners um, and the house, you know, just everything smelled wonderful. You'd walk in and, and there was my grandmother in the kitchen making these magnificent meals. And he would walk downstairs to the cellar to where he had a freezer chest and he would get himself a TV dinner and make it. My grandmother, who was not 
from this country, was raised in a convent in Europe and never learned to speak English very well, called him that man. (laughs) (laughs) He was a perfectionist and he drove himself and the people around him absolutely crazy, Mm. uh, trying to achieve something that was unattainable. And it was a great object lesson for me growing up Mm. to watch to watch this dynamic because at heart he was a very wonderful man but he his pursuit of this alienated Everyone so many him. people who mm-hmm. cared about him mm-hmm. yeah was, uh, uh, I think that there are probably this could be a, a very long um, uh, a story that we're telling if we were, if we were to cover every single um, <laughs> lie that we tell ourselves. But I think that, the, you know, the, we should probably end on the note of saying that, um, you know, look around you in life, look at other people and understand that your story is probably not that different from other people's stories. If we get below the surface and we get into relationship, we find that we all have more in common than not. Absolutely. And we have to stop robbing ourselves of life and love because we're living off of things like lives. I guess that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we want to thank our engineer, Todd Washburn, and our producer, Barbara Hamley. And um, write to us. Tell us your stories at alvian at lovelife.digital or douglas at lovelife.digital. Bye.